Hi friends, welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart has been created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 82. In today's episode, I chat with Mariana Pimiento. She's from Big Apple Catholic. She's an ordinary girl on an extraordinary interior journey. We talk about what it's like to allow God to access our hearts, how he pursues us with his tender voice. We both speak quite vulnerably and quite openly about our experiences in prayer um, and, and how we need to put in that effort of saying yes. Um, Mariana has a beautiful outlook and she is a humble soul and you're going to really love what she has to say. At the end of the podcast she gives some books so I'm going to keep those um, books in the show notes if you want to um, check them out. Also there'll be links to where to find her at Big Apple Catholic on Instagram. You're going to love it. If this episode or any of the episodes from Universal Sisterhood have helped you, consider sharing them with your friends. We really, especially women today, need to know that we are not alone. Have a great week. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Mariana. Is that correct? Is that how I say it? That is perfect. Before we dive into the conversation, I would love for you to explain something about who you are and what your life looks like right now. Sure. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Mariana. It's for those who speak Spanish. And um, I am a young girl figuring it out. It's a very vague (laughs) description, but um, to be a little bit more specific, I... Um, just finished two years as a missionary with Focus. It was a college campus ministry of serving in Massachusetts. Um, and right now I'm transitioning into a season of rest and uh, discernment as to what the Lord wants to send me on next. Um, and I like to draw. I have a little page called Big Apple Catholic and where I share reflections and art and Um, Silly things about sometimes celebrities um, that people love. (laughs) If anyone that follows is listening, you'll know the whole drama that's unfolded lately. So that's a little bit about me and where I'm at right now. Beautiful. Um, Can I just, can we just go back to that celebrity thing? Um, That that kind of brought, actually that brought me a lot of joy. (laughs) A lot Mm -hmm. of joy because you're very, very, deep in your in your writings and your you know Instagram posts and then all of a sudden out of the blue left of field comes these you know crazy like teenage girl crush you know moments and gosh it brings me joy <laughs> and then if you're very honest there too saying oh my goodness I can't believe I just let my heart out I've got all these religious people that I look up to and it's truly refreshing it's so beautiful it's authentic and I love it so 
that's pretty much why I've asked you to be on the podcast today because <laughs> I've, I've kind of watched you blossom um, from a few years ago. Was that your first um, Instagram? Is that when, was it only a few years old or did I come late to the party? No, it was only a few years old. I think I started it in twenty late 2018, December yeah. 2018. Yeah. So I, I, I must have caught on to you quite early on in your Instagram journey or your social media journey. And I've watched you blossom from this timid woman into this amazingly um, contemplative soul who you're, you're able to really pour your heart out in a really... Um, vulnerable way but truly anointed like you you really have the gift of the holy spirit uh working through your your writings it's beautiful and i must say you have brought me a lot well your words your writings the holy spirit has used you to really uh, touch my heart many times so i thank you for that oh thank you it's such a interesting privileged point to even have this conversation because yeah you have watched me yeah. And sometimes you can forget, you know, in the like when you're sharing things that I mean, it's real people. And um, I'm so glad we're doing this. So thank you for having me. I, it's oh, such an honor. You're welcome. So because of that journey, I'm really curious. I, I I know. Well, I think I know. I don't know actually, but I presume you have a story. That there, there sure. is a reversion story there, and I would love to, if you could. Share as much, little or as, you know, not as much as you'd like. Whatever you'd like to share, I'd love to hear it and I'd love my listeners to hear it. So were you uh, grow, did you grow up Catholic? How, what's the story? Yeah, um, I did grow up Catholic. I grew up in a Catholic country in Colombia. And so we were permeated by Catholicism and it's very much a part of our culture, which is really beautiful, but can be challenging when we can really settle for it just being culture. Um, but when I moved to the U.S. with my family when I was seven, the one thing we had in common with people was being Catholic. And so I think I found a real home in the church, which uh, for me was just a very practical thing to have, like something that I could just go to every Wednesday for youth group. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say like I didn't know the Lord. I I don't think I actually give him enough credit sometimes when I, you know, to tell about my conversion story because I'm like, I didn't know him at all. But Actually, I did know him like there were several moments that we were having challenging times as a family. And I remember being nine or 10 years old and getting to my knees or on my knees and asking for help and being very, very aware that he was present. Mm. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I always knew he was present. And I had encountered him deeply throughout high school on retreats and such. But I never allowed him to be the center of my life and I never allowed him to transform me. And so I think for, for many of us, our faith often feels like a roller coaster of go on a retreat high and like we love Jesus and we feel good and then we fall away. And it's this up and down um, sort of maybe oftentimes like emotional journey. Um, so it wasn't until I moved to New York and it's funny, I all odds were against me in New York City because it was New York City, but I also went to a predominantly Protestant school and a Protestant school that was so well-versed in theology. Um, and I think I needed to be completely rerouted in that way for me to really choose the faith, again, my Catholic faith. Um, and so to make to make long story shorter, 
Um, my my sophomore year, I was having a really hard time. I I was depressed, and my dad had just had cancer. I was working, you know, full time and going to school full time in New York City. I mean, if there was rock bottom, this was can, it. Can I just for Australian listeners, can a school is university, right? And soft yes. sophomore. How old are we in sophomore? Years? Good question. Because <laughs> we this don't. Is my second year. Sure, my second year in university. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So your dad yes. had cancer. Yes, he he is good now, but it was a very scary, jarring thing. I think like a, a sort of existential. This is my first experience with a possible death, and and I've always been very contemplative, as you mentioned, but maybe not in the right ways. Um, and so I, I did start asking myself, though, the second year of university, uh, what is true? Like, if God is real, he's either true in the Catholic Church and in the Eucharist in particular, or he's not. And um, I see it now in retrospect, my little Dominican heart of looking for truth, because, yeah, if Jesus wasn't present in the Eucharist, like, I needed to run out of there. But I couldn't understand how people like John Paul II or Mother Teresa, she'd just been canonized, how they could talk so greatly of the Eucharist and then be such great people. And if it was fake, it just didn't, the logic didn't add up. Like they couldn't have believed in something so um, idol worship based on like worshiping bread and then bear such good fruit. Um, And so I had to make a difficult choice. It took months. I mean, it it literally took months of saying yes. to say yes to Jesus in the Eucharist, but that's where I found him again. And I found him in a really personal way because I was also struggling with so much sin um, and just a real desire to uh, want to be wanted by men, just like speaking very plainly. Mm-hmm. And it was meeting Jesus in the Eucharist in the middle of New York City as like a little punk kid um, that I found that he was really that he loved me and that he was true. Mm. that there was no gray with him like he was actually present in the Eucharist that was crazy to me you know because there was this sort of lukewarmness in my own culture and then this sort of rejection in New York City and then you add you know I love our Protestant brothers and sisters and they taught me so much I I joke that they led me to the Eucharist Mm. um, (laughs) whether they wanted to or not he Uh, God uses all things (laughs) He does. It, it made me wrestle of, okay, why do these people not believe? Yeah. Um, Did you bring I, any with you? Did any come on the journey with you? Not yet, but I'm sure many are curious. <laughs> uh, not yet. We'll see what the Lord, the Lord works. But a real pursuit of truth that then led to an encounter in my own heart um, that made me want to change my life and make him the center of it. It was very tender. It was very personal. How beautiful. Uh, <laughs> It's such a such an irony that the busiest you know city in the world you know and that's where you found him in the quiet of your soul. It's so beautiful. I loved what you said um, initially, saying you allowed him in. Um, like that's we can. He asks us. He doesn't force himself on us. But that the ability or the um, that act of allowing is such a beautiful um, encounter because he he doesn't force himself on you, you know. And I loved how you said that to allow him in. We have to give that. We have to give him permission. And it's such a it's such a pivotal moment in our faith journey. We can do all the things, but if we don't actually allow him into our hearts, 
he won't come in. It's um, it's beautiful. So thank you for um, saying those words. Um, so how how do you go from um, you know, not fully believing that you know Jesus is in the Eucharist to actually encountering him? Was it a daily? I, I I'll go to mass every day, or I will just sit there in his presence. How do you? How does one begin to talk to him and find him if, you know, on, on a on a journey like this? For me, it began by making very concrete choices. I hadn't gone to mass in six months and had been lying to my parents about it, and um, I was invited to mass actually by a friend who sings in the choir. And that's how I came back to Mass. But after that moment, I had to make a choice of, am I going to come to Mass next Sunday? And so I think sometimes we can get caught up in this like very intricate plan of what am I going to do and how do I get back? And the Lord just asks us for one yes. That's all he asked our lady was one yes in the moment mm -hmm. to, to continue to you know keep going on this journey. We have no idea you know, whether our hearts are finally going to open three weeks from now, if this one yes is the last yes before something finally clicks. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, having that thought of, okay, maybe right now, yeah, I don't feel anything, but maybe it's around the corner where like something in my heart shifts and I, I just have to say yes today and trust the Lord that he's going to open my heart, which is terrifying. Like no one realistically wants to do that. That mm -hmm. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense in terms of, um, I don't know, real human fears. It kind of goes against our instincts, but uh, to to trust that the small yeses that we give, that honestly feel huge in our lives. Like some people that are listening might not have gone to mass in a long time and going to mass this coming Sunday may feel like a massive move. But to say yes to that, because we have, yeah, you don't know what's around the corner. What great gifts are awaiting you mm. um, that wants to give you. Yeah, I, um, I run the... Um confirmation program at our church for the kids in Australia they do it a lot younger than um, in the states ours are like um, 10 10 year olds um, oh. yeah and it's nowhere near as involved as I, I, from what I gather in the states it's kind of like a, a year-long process and there's they're 15 year olds and yeah it's unfortunately it's not like that here um, but they're 10 year olds but giving them the idea of uh gifts and you know you wouldn't have leave all your gifts under the christmas tree and not open them um <laughs> we just don't know we we have to say yes to each you know each opportunity each gift that he gives us to to say yes to him because you know what lies beneath that paper behind that ribbon is could be something that is it is something that's truly beautiful and unlocks places of your heart. You know, it just doesn't seem um, logical to leave the gifts unwrapped, right? And the reality that the Lord wants to give us gifts, I mean, that's something to me that I was like, oh, you're not some crazy taskmaster. Mm. Do I have to get it right? Like, and, and that's something that I'm even going through a deeper conversion now of you just want to love me. Like that's, and maybe I don't understand that right now that, I'm holding on to this particular sin and I can't see how you asking me to let go of that is your love for me. Mm -hmm. But he, he really does want to love us and and set us free in our hearts to be in union with him. And that's I mean, that's it. You know, he's not waiting to like check a list. Hey, did you get this right? Did you get this right? He's I love that you use that um, 
the gift i think john paul ii says like our entire life is really just a reception of gift and a giving of gift mm. that's all our entire life is i heard this priest the other day um he father crow i think he's i can't remember his first name i'll look it up i'll put him in the show notes but he um he's an exorcist and he was talking about how the devil does not the enemy does not want us to go to confession because it is so simple it's so easy to be forgiven you know to have grace in our soul is so easy for us all you need to do is go before a priest and ask for pardon and our lord gives us absolution like it is we put up so many barriers there are so many walls and so many you know um all everything he puts everything in obstacle in front of us to stop us from going but it actually is so easy he is just wanting you know begging us for him to be able to absolve us of our sin and we it's so easy but all the lies that we feed ourselves or why we shouldn't go and the shame and the and I, th- I think especially for women would you not agree shame is is debilitating <laughs> amen it's such an echo of the garden of I just, yeah, because we're so much more sensitive, not that men aren't, but thinking of Eve and how she experienced shame, like it must have been in a much deeper level than Adam mm. because of sensitivity. I, could, I think that's what kept me back because there's one particular like mortal sin that I was hanging on to that I just could not. Mm. And I couldn't for like months, even after my conversion. Mm. I mean, I just kept it so tightly mm. visiting confession weekly and still not letting go because of the shame I, I just could not believe it was the kind of thing where there's like speakers at a conference and they're like believe me like there's nothing we haven't heard and I'm like oh you haven't heard this one like I promise you you know and I and it was like I was treating the Lord in that way like you haven't heard this one and it's so intoxicating it really seeps like poison when we really allow that shame to uh to be seeped into us yeah so pervasive um, but it's so true, like you can hold on to a particular, but you can even say it in confession, but not believe that you, you are forgiven. And that, that's, that's another chain, so to speak, holding us, you know, not making us free. There's that analogy, I think, is it St. Catherine of Siena or St. Teresa of Avila about the, about the, um, the bird that was, it can have the cross. St. John of the Cross, yeah. Yes. So beautiful. You know, yes. it, can, it can have a, th- a thin thread, but it is still tied down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not completely free. And, oh, man, have we all been there and are still there? <laughs> Amen. It's a gorgeous image that can we... You, can you, I'm sure I butchered it. Could you explain that beautiful image? <laughs> <laughs> sure it's it's one of my favorites i'm glad you brought it up because it has so much to do with with contemplation and prayer but saint john of the cross great spiritual master in carmelite he talks about how whether a bird is is tied to a post by a chain or by a very small thread either way he can't fly and so the idea that when when we have attachments whether to our own sin or whether attached to you know to darkness by shame whether it's a little bit or whether it's a lot, we're not flying to the extent that the Lord created us to. Um, it's just so interesting. It's such yeah. a mystery. Yeah. So prayer, 
how, how, you know, I'm sure many women are listening and thinking, well, I would like to know how to pray, but I just don't know how to do it. Um, can you, exp I mean, there are so many different ways to pray. Contemplative prayer and, you know, rote prayers and petitions and, yeah. Could you explain how or where to start, what to do, you know, what works for you? This is such a a fruitful topic to talk about. I think it's everything. <laughs> um, and I think the greatest saints also believe that to be true. And I believe it not because of them or because of them, not them because of me. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I can't remember, man, if it's Teresa of Avila or, or St. Therese, but uh, one of them says prayer is simply a surge of the heart to mm -hmm. look up. And uh, I want to keep it as simple as possible because as as great as prayer methods are, and the rosary is great, and I love the rosary, and the you know, devotions, and all these things. Prayer is simply talking to our beloved. And before we get like a little tensed up and we're like, oh no, that's a little too cheesy, that's a little much, mm. um, we have to really recognize that that prayer is truly uh, a moment with He who created us, He who died for us, and He who is redeeming us. Mm. And if we start there, I think a lot of the things in the confusion will actually be dissolved uh, because we're no longer trying to find a way to the person, but we're actually with the person and he'll show us the way um, in, yeah, in conversation. I think for me, it comes a bit more naturally because I've always been a kind of a melancholic, brooding heart, <laughs> if that's not obvious. Um, but even it's I've actually obvious. <laughs> Thank you. Um, again, it recently I've, I've had to really simplify. I would go into my holy hours. We're asked to pray a holy hour every day as a missionary, which is a great practice I've taken up. You know, I would start journaling and then read and then write. And um, it, it was like sitting with like my beloved next to me, but I wasn't paying any attention to him. But like, how awkward is that? You know, like. How awful is it when um, yeah, someone's on the phone and you're sitting next to them and you're like, hey, would you just look at me? Mm. Um, and I think sometimes we shy away from that because it's so terribly intimate. I know that's the case for me. And, you know, if, whoever's listening, you know, if you're doing great devotions, like by all means, please keep going. This is not to say that those those aren't great. Um, and the Lord delights so much in that you give him the time to even pray a rosary, to pray a litany. Um, those are great roses to him and great gifts. But what really sets our hearts free and uh, sanctifies us and makes our hearts more tender is, is that, yeah, that chat of just, oh my gosh, I'm really sitting here speaking to the God who created me. I mean, that you could sit with that forever. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I could sit with that forever. Mm. Um, and for me, I think to be a little bit more specific, I've been noticing the things in my heart where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And a lot of my prayer lately has been, okay, Lord, why don't I want to sit with you today? Why do I just want to flip through my St. Joseph consecration and read it over and over again, but not actually talk to you in my holy hour? Um, can you please reveal to me if it's, if it's your timing, if this is the time, what's going on in my heart? And being really attentive to that place um that's where we'll find our joy you know again as much as much as these great devotions help us and and our lady calls us to pray through the rosary and i'm all in i'm all in um but really that moment of of contemplative uh 
sitting with with another person and just just being with them uh, yeah. it's so ridiculously simple that I think I know I try to complicate it sometimes <laughs> yeah it is ridiculously simple I know for me um in my holy hour I have I used to have all the books you know I had the the deliverance prayer book and I had my reading book and I had my journal and I had my bible and uh, the Franciscan friars of the renewal have taught me to just sit there and mm -hmm. be with our Lord and 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 ask him just to gaze at him and ask him to reveal what he wants to tell me and oh man more often than not I'm in floods of tears you know mm -hmm on my way out or you know there are tears on the floor <laughs> um so i i've always struggled with um feeling like he never saw i, I was not seen mm. and um so he revealed something so beautifully to me in the last you know i think it was two weeks ago like i'm i'm 45 right i'm i'm hurtling <laughs> towards 50. Um, I've lived half a life. Please God, I lived to, you know, <laughs> 90. Um, but I, um, I asked him to, you know, what do you want me to know? And he brought me, like, it's amazing. It's just a thought, like, there's no audible words, you know, mm -hmm. there's just an image or a knowing in your heart. And when I was, um, think I was about eight or nine my my dad's a twin and his twin brother said to me I wore a yellow dress or a yellow I think it was a yellow dress and he said to me oh you yellow suits you you look lovely in yellow that was it that was the extent of it but my whole life I like I I think back to that and when I put on yellow I think oh apparently you know yellow looks good on me Two weeks ago, to this 45-year-old, our Lord said to me, and I said I was sitting there and it was, you know, half an hour into my holy hour and I'm still not getting anything. It's just like, Lord, I, I, I sit here, reveal to my heart what you want me to know. Mm. And he said to me about 45 minutes in, I had an image of myself in this yellow dress and he said, you've always been in yellow for me. And I thought, to me, I knew what he was saying, that I, I know you and I see you. I've seen you your whole entire life. You haven't been forgotten. And here I am, ah! <laughs> people are thinking, they must think I'm mad. I'm just sitting there bawling my eyes out. But you have always been in that yellow dress. Like, I've always seen you. And I just thought, oh, you can't script that. You can't, you know, you can't make that up. The way he talks to you when you will allow him in is unbelievably healing and transforming. Would you agree? <laughs> Amen. Oh, Amen. Here I am crying makes... again. I cry a lot on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's so beautiful. I'm so glad you share that because I think sometimes for me, I can see these great heroic saints and their pictures are on the wall and they're very triumphant. And I, I kind of joke with my friends that the my road to heaven is paved with snot and tears because like I I mean I just I'm a slobbery mess and this is this is the real this is kind of the meat you know that funny enough it's when we're most tender and in these intimate places of our hearts that's where we gather our strength 
Mm-hmm. And that's where the great saints gathered, you know, their own strength, these deep encounters that led them to do like insane things. That's leading you to do insane things like raising a family in this world. Like that is not easy, you know, <laughs> and being a mom and they're doing it and you're doing it so gracefully and so tenderly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to all those moms out there <laughs> and fathers. I don't put them down at all. This like families it is it is really hard (laughs) and we need to know that we've he sees us in that yellow dress that he he sees the struggle he knows us he knows the challenges that are you know buried deep in our heart and he loves us and and that that's the that's what you need to keep going to wake up every morning and say yeah i'm going to see my children in that yellow dress too because they need to be known by us as well i mean we reflect the face of the father amen um yeah i'm looking for a tissue but i can't find one why do i do this i know i cry story of my life you gotta go to the sleeves and just why oh, many times in the confessional i've lit the, the hem of my dress up to one Father, you can't see between that screen, can you? Because I've got my dress up. I'm blowing my nose. Mm-hmm. It's all too real. <laughs> um, okay. So making the time, I suppose, is probably like the key, like the begin- the starting point. Like say yes to that. I'm going to give our Lord 10 minutes. Um and then just keep showing up, exposing your heart, like opening your heart, allowing, giving him permission to to come there, to to rest in your heart. It's it's truly uh, transformative. Okay, let's go. So <laughs> now I saw something this morning before I got on here. Our Lady, let's go there. Mm. Has she has she played a role in your life? My, my, um, has she, my name literally means of Mary. Mm. <laughs> so I, I have no doubt I've been, um, chosen by her and protected by her. And man, this is another whole other story, but I have a great devotion to St. John. Um, and it was, his patronage just was confirmed to me when I found out I was actually baptized on his feast day, mm. um, which was honestly one of the best days of my life was finding, finding that yeah. out. Um, and of course, St. John uh, had such a tender heart and received Our Lady. So funny mm-hmm. enough, um, I think sometimes like when we leave Catholicism or for those who have, like Our Lady becomes this weird point of contention. But I knew that Our Lady was true, actually, when I left the church. And I was always more comfortable going to Our Lady than going to the Father. Mm-hmm. And so I always kept her very close to me. And I come from a great family of literally all women, like these great feisty Latino women. Um, and so her maternal heart has has always been something very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm learning about her in a new way. And I think it's because I'm actually entering into a relationship with her mm-hmm. for one of the first times in my life. Mm-hmm. Have you read The Reign of God? I have not, but that is another book that people keep recommending to me. So I've heard it's incredible. It's incredible. I can't wait for your drawings, your artistic flair for that one too. <laughs> and then I've got cause, cause of cause of our joy. Mm, sure, sure, sure. Sister 
it's written by a nun, I can't remember. It's on my bedside. Is your bedside table propped up by books? <laughs> that is totally my life too. <laughs> I think my husband has to find me through the books. Like, where are you? I'm here. <laughs> Somewhere in there. <laughs> um, yeah. So Our Lady's been, she was much softer place to fall for me. I found her gentle, um, calmer. Uh, she was beautiful. She was more attractive to me, you know. So I always went, I had a great devotion to Our Lady. And I remember um, with my reversion, um, I was crying out to Our Lord after communion one day saying, I'm so sorry, you know, I have ignored you all this time. You were here all along. You were here and I never paid you any attention. And I had our, our lady really spoke quite deeply to my heart and she said, don't apologize. There's nothing to apologize for. I, I brought him to you. You know, nothing is lost in the economy of God. And so you can't you can't love her too much because she will always just draw you back to her son. So, if, you know, it's it is so wonderful being Catholic because there is so many ways to to receive the love of the Father. Like it it's everything leads to Him. It's beautiful, especially Our Lady. Um, so she's been quite. Um, instrumental in my faith too um yes tell us so how how has she become more of a person to you more how has your relationship developed with her yeah I've, i found great honor and respect for her in saint joseph um several advents advents ago mm -hmm. and um was so struck by her humanity and I think you'll find this kind of a, a theme in my life of seeing the pictures on the walls, not relating, and then this great desire to encounter. I think for most people, the desire is to then reject. The Lord has given me the, the grace to just draw deeper. And her humanity, particularly in uh, the struggles that was her life, like her and Joseph on the outside, their life was not pleasant, like at all. It was just not favorable. And um to imagine her her joy and her tenderness uh, has been has been a great great treasure for me for graces and for um coming to understand myself but i would say as if recently um it, yeah i did a post today i was on a retreat with father john burns who knows our our lady's heart so particularly and mm -hmm. her interior life he's just kind of really fascinated by and um i just I, I've been seeing Our Lady's heart as, oh my gosh, that's what I want. Not as this unattainable goal of holiness. So if I like perform, then I'm this pure, then like I can be like Our Lady. But this disposition of, Lord, I want you to come into my heart uh, to, to really reconstruct it and to make it as open as it can be to receiving you. And that's what Our Lady did. Like her heart was just totally open which is a different perspective, again, from I need to be very rigid and very holy and not sin. Like, we literally can't be married. Okay? She was preserved from sin. We could have been preserved from sin. We weren't. It's not our path to holiness. Um, but to really encounter her heart as women, as a woman, uh, and to think about, like, wow, she also desired to be seen as beautiful and to be cared for. 
um, yeah, to be found lovely, to be uh, protected. Like she experienced these desires in her heart mm. more fully than any of us. And she received the fullness of that because she longed for it um, fully. And I just, I, I adore thinking about her and having her mother me in that way. <clears throat> yeah, I was even praying this morning about renouncing, you know, asking our Lord, you know, I renounce the lie that my body is ugly because, mm-hmm. you know, as a woman, I have struggled with that my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear those words from you that Our Lady desired to be, what was it? She just, she was desired to be seen as lovely. Is that what you said? Yeah. She, she like, that's part of her heart as a woman was like, yeah. And don't we all want to be seen as lovely, you know, but we're constantly saying, oh, gosh, I look fat in that or, oh, no, you know, I'm so ugly, like, oh, look at my hair. And I am constantly telling myself how bad I look. And that that's the enemy, you know, trying to rob me of my femininity, I suppose, or to reject it, um, sort of be more like Our Lady and accept it. Um, and well, not accept it, but but welcome it. Um, yeah, to, to let the Father speak into that. Yes. Because we can't even do that for ourselves. And there's something, especially in the heart of a woman, to be told you're beautiful from a man, mm-hmm. like from the person of Jesus. Praise be to God, he became man. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I've been kind of joking of, yeah, Adam did not close his eyes and say, wow, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Like he was looking directly at Eve and Eve's first experience, this is from Father John Burns, it was to be delighted in. Mm-hmm. Like this experience of being delighted in is written in the heart of woman. Mm-hmm. And Our Lady experienced that desire and it was fulfilled fully by the Father in her heart because she was totally open and she wasn't afraid and she wasn't looking for it anywhere else. Yeah, you know she she was she was lovely, and I think when you look at like religious, and or just women that are alive, you're like, wow, you're so lovely. Like you are just so lovely, and you know that you're lovely. Like mm. you're not trying to hide it. Mm. You're not like, oh, don't look at me. No, they know they're lovely because their father sees them. Mm. So, and mm. I, that's that has made Mary so much more relatable to me because she gets me. She gets all of us, especially women. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow, how we need her right now. Mm. Wow. Um, when you were, um, I was, had, has this Chosen series helped you uh, give mm. a face to mm. the Gospels, like to, like, humanise Our Lady and Jesus and John? <laughs> yeah, I've loved, um, I've loved the portrayal of Jesus and I, I trust it more profoundly because of who's playing it. So for those who don't know, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, is a devout Catholic. And like we're talking, I mean, devout, devout. Yeah. He's probably more holy than me, okay? Like way holier than me. <laughs> and so I yeah, I, I've been able to really trust the chosen in that way of his portrayal seems to be really coming from the spirit. And um yeah, I've been really fixated on him. And I think that's really helped me to see, oh, my, Jesus is a real man. Like, I'm opening my heart to a real person who's, like, the most attractive man in all of human history. Yeah. You know, like, that's just kind of <laughs> yeah. made that more tangible. Yeah. And um, the fact that he laughs and cries and 
like he has crinkles in his eyes like even now um that series has been such a great gift i think for all of us and yeah. in, in making it very real yeah um something um mary mag in this book mary magdalene um the prophetess of eucharistic adoration she uh he talks about um how mary magdalene would have seen just you know the crinkles in the eye like the, the you mm. know he he squints and he's very human and he there's do we see that in the eucharist mm. can we can we put you know remove the veil and see the eucharistic eyes of our lord you know looking it's just so human but so tangible like that veil is so thin and if we mm. can use our holy imagination we can see mm. him there you know like reflecting those eyes it's so good to be able to give a a real human um humanity i suppose to the eucharist mm. see him there i love that you mentioned the veil because uh yeah again mary was able to see past the veil because her heart was was pure mm. and and she kept an open heart of wonder and creativity mm. um she could see yeah she could see the action of the lord all around her but not necessarily physically like it's not maybe she did have mystical gifts but i would imagine that she was like a, a poor handmaiden like she wouldn't yeah. maybe like always had those giftings it was just a matter of um yeah that spirit of wonder and awe of wow, Child, this is childlike amen yes. yes yes amen um but she risked because her heart was so open she risked it being hurt you know mm. because it is so open it's so easy to be damaged but what a trust she must have had to allow it to be hurt and damaged mm. um oh man i want that <laughs> <laughs> because what we instantly close it off you know oh i don't want that to hurt me i'm going to close it off but you know to to keep it open he's never going to hurt you like she was had so much love and so she loved him so much that it yes it hurt but it it wasn't it didn't hurt as much as how much she she felt his love does that make sense yes um and how yeah to 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 love anything at all is to be hurt right yes but, that is it's lewis Yes. <laughs> Love it, I quote. Love it all is to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, well, what a gift it's been to speak with you. Is there anything that you would like to um, suggest or mention to the listeners that could, you know, start this process of vulnerability? I think it's, you know, allowing allowing him access to our heart. Yeah, I'd, I'd first begin by giving silence a chance before mm -hmm. I, cause I can recommend 100 books and I will recommend a couple books. My students joke with me that they're going to be buried in books by the time we're done being friends because <laughs> I give swap. them. We can swap, right? You know, I've got, I got plenty. I'd love to. There we go. Later. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, I, I would say give silence a chance um, and don't be, yeah, don't be worried if you can't sit in silence for more than 10 minutes. Like, 
we've grown up in a world where that just isn't encouraged and there's a there's a psychological aspect to being able to sit still and be sitting in silence so it's a muscle we have to train um, and it's the greatest the greatest muscle we can train uh, it's a very high call to sit in this meditative contemplative prayer um, but the lord blesses blesses that call abundantly on a more practical level anything by father jacques philippe um yeah. it is always what i recommend uh, there's a great book he has called time for god it's particularly on prayer uh very practical there's a my favorite book of probably all time it's called interior freedom it's a tiny little purple book and mine is so ripped up i used to keep five in my backpack just oh. to hand them out like i mean i just love this book because it's all about the detachment we were talking about earlier we all want freedom. I mean, we just celebrated 4th of July here and we celebrated freedom. You know, that's what we want. And Father Jacques has just such a beautiful way of really packing a punch in a simple, direct way that leads us uh, to be still in the interior and to encounter Jesus. So anything by Father Jacques is great. Um, I'm, I'm such a fan of his. He came to Australia a few years ago, or maybe it was five Oh, wow. I met him, but he- yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. I forget he's still alive. Like, I just imagine him as like a 16th century monk. Well, he kind of very... like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Anything by Jacques Philippe. Um, give silence a chance. That was another one. Do you use music at all? Does music help? Yes. I'm yeah. glad you asked. Um, for me, music has is always been a way that my heart has been moved surprisingly not really praise and worship music um i think i found a lot of it has been commercialized and I, I have a very attuned heart i guess to what might not come off as authentic mm-hmm. um it's so funny i just wrote a little little newsletter that i'm going to send out tomorrow but there's a great song called rose of sharon by mumford and sons yes if you listen to it i mean it's just gorgeous and uh yeah, I sometimes use music in my holy hours. I've gone to the point where I don't. But if, yeah, if you need to listen to a good song that moves you and yeah, maybe yeah. it's not praise and worship, like the Lord uses all of that to, to lift our hearts up to him. So uh, by all means, please. I think Mumford and Sons, have they written a, a, a song about Our Lady? There's one called Mary. Or there's a friend keeps telling me, have you listened to their song about Mary? But I can't find it. <laughs> mm. It, there's one called Woman, and it's on the same album. Okay. It's beautiful. It's, it's. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, if you read it as a Catholic and you thought it was a worship song, you would definitely think it was about Mary. Uh-huh. All right, well, I'll listen to that. No, but no, it, they definitely said Mary in the song because she said, I think it's called Mary. Anyway, I can't find it. Yeah. I think it was at a concert. It wasn't. It's on YouTube somewhere. It's not on an album or Anyway, so are they Catholic, Mumford and Sons? They used to be Christian, and so much of their music still resonates with this, like, echo of the heart. Okay. Uh, I think it was more clear before, but, yeah, I don't, they're not Christian anymore, sadly. But they're great artists, and I'm, I'm here yeah. for a great artist. <laughs> okay, so music. Have you heard the song Preference? Not I have sure. not. Is okay. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember who it's by, but it has been rocking my world. Heather okay. Kim told, uh, mentioned it, so I thought anything Incredible. she mentions is good for me. <laughs> and man, it is. It has. Um, it has 
made many tears flow. I'm just oh. Yeah, Rachel Morley preference. Okay. Okay. I'll leave that with you and a box of <laughs> tissues. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No All right, Mariana, did I say that well? Um, before we finish our conversation, which has been so life-giving, so thank you, is there anything that's brought you joy this week? Yes. We were talking about movies before we started recording, which made me think. I went to go see Top Gun. Oh, yes. Um, and I haven't been to the movies in a long time, but I'm a big, big movie gal. My favorite thing to do on a Friday night this is so funny. Sit by myself, make some popcorn, buy some like Dove chocolates with blueberry and watch a movie. That is, I'm a happy girl. <laughs> but this, uh, this movie, I, I really moved me because um, it was such an example of tenacity. And yeah, if you set your mind, it's not that it's going to be easy if you set your mind to it. It's actually going to be incredibly difficult and nearly impossible. But it's perseverance. Um, uh, Tom Cruise. I mean, he's also just gorgeous, so that that helps out. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, his parents. I, I had this discussion a few weeks ago because I saw Top Gun a few weeks ago, and oh, I was yeah, I was talking about it with some friends, and I said, you know what? Because everyone was saying how they loved it, and it's the top grossing film, and I said, I think because people, the world is craving for real men. It showed real masculine. Mm -hmm men you know yeah. putting their life on the line strong and yeah, tenacious you know and i just we without us really knowing it we're craving for our truest identity as man and woman and i think there was a a, a real example there a you know mm. a secular example of how we are craving real men mm. and if know. you haven't seen the movie it was so particular there's a woman of course a love interest but i love that they kept it like not at all yeah sexual i mean there was one scene but there is one but it wasn't gratuitous it was just you know yeah okay. but i love that she i mean she's the one that motivated him mm. like it was such a complementarity it, it yeah. was so beautiful i was really struck by that yeah so so it's was that story yeah yeah i loved it well my joy is also a movie and <laughs> i went and saw elvis and oh man Austin Butler, he's also very handsome. <laughs> Helps. But um, I really, I it brought me so much joy. I loved it. And I, I did go on a deep dive into Priscilla Presley's life afterwards. And it's given me a lot of grace. You know, I see them in a different light now. So, sure, sure. sure. You know, I, I would recommend Elvis as well. <laughs> I will gladly watch it. Yeah. Wow. You, will, you will go on a deep dive into Austin Butler's life, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And yeah, in Australia, the whole, the entire film was, the movie was filmed in Australia. Everything. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, in Queensland. Hmm. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I didn't know Austin then. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter, I'm married and happily married. <laughs> it's just nice to see them. <laughs> Amen. All right, Mariana, it's getting late over there and um, probably the Dove chocolate with blueberries is calling. Is it Friday night? No, it's, sorry, it's Thursday where you are. <laughs> I, will, I will start early. I'll okay. Start early. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. 
It has been an yeah. absolute pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if anyone ever wants to reach out, you can find me. Big Apple Catholic, come say hi. Perfect. Yeah, uh, I encourage cool. everyone to reach out and just keep her on on your Instagram feed because it is it's truly beautiful what the Holy Spirit's doing through you. So thank you. Praise God. Bye.